Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Talking Tolkien. Today, we're discussing the 10th and final chapter of Book 2 of The Two Towers, The Choices of Master Samwise. So, also the final chapter of the entire volume that is marketed as The Two Towers. Um, so, as always, we are going to start with Katie, who will give us today's events in Middle-earth and today's Elvish Word of the Day. My guess is that it is going to be something about a choice or regret. I don't know. Katie always gives us something kind of themed, so we'll see. Uh, then we're going to move on to Chase, who will re quickly remind us of the events we talked about in last week's reading. Then we will spend most of today talking about, once again, that's chapter 10, the choices of Master Samwise. At the end, recapping our favorite moments, both from the text and from the past week of our lives. I'm John. I'm Katie. And I'm Chase. All right. So, Katie, today is May 25th. Uh, what happened on the stay in Middle Earth? It's actually May 26th. Oh, you're right. I... <laughs> it's Thursday. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so anyway, May 26th. Um, I was doing so well for so long. I hadn't gotten the date wrong in ages. <laughs> you were. It was an almost perfect intro. Oh, well. Uh, that's okay. We still love you. So May 26th. Once again, on the actual 26th, there's not really a whole lot to report about. But um, this past week on the 20th... Um, there are a couple of things. Uh, let's see. In 2941, um, they were passing Weathertop, uh, which, again, I kind of talked about that last time. Uh, and in the year 2980, here's an interesting tidbit. Aragorn and Arwen were betrothed in Lorien on this day. Or not this day, but the 20th again. Um, and then in our current events in the year 3019... It's still kind of post-war time, and um, we're still in sort of the the glad days in, in Minas Tirith right now. All right. And today's word? Yes, moving on to today's Elvish word of the day. Uh, I chose a Quenyan word today. I chose the word for rage, uh, which, I, I, I don't know, it just was a word that jumped out at me from this chapter, which we'll, we'll dive into. And uh, I believe, once again, the proper pronunciation is aha. <laughs> <laughs> How did I knew, know Sorry. that Chase would have that reaction? You mean, you mean like the band who released the seminal hit, Take On Me? Yeah, like legitimately. That. Yep. Wow. And really? Ag and again, I don't know if that's the correct pronunciation, is some, is but I'm, some, I'm doing my best. Is there some irony behind that or something <laughs> like that? Was that some like cosmic irony on the part of Tolkien, who is God in this world? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, 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 I would love to formally study both Cinder and Enquenya, and in that eventuality, I would be able to tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll see how that is appropriate <laughs> yeah. uh, soon. Quenyan word for rage. Chase, what did we talk about last week? Oh, so, uh, a big dumb spider came down and went rah. Um, <laughs> they had to like pass through. Kirith Ungle gets this point where they had to pass through a tunnel, and it smelled terrible, but it was like almost an undescribable sort of smell. And then eventually, Golem just disappeared. And then the spider Shelob, who lived in there, started to attack Frodo and Sam, but they managed to kind of like put her at bay with the um, that light, uh, the Elendil. Erendil. 
Ah, the file, the file, yes. Galadriel. Yeah, Arendil. A- Arendil. Why do I always yeah. get it wrong? <laughs> um, but yes, and um, but Gollum comes back, tackles Frodo, or I mean not Frodo, Sam, who you know does like a wrestling move on him, and then puts him in a sleeper hold, and then throws mm-hmm. him against the wall, and then Gollum just disappears, and that's where the chapter ended. Yeah, well, Basically, and yeah. specifically with um, Sam with, coming back at yeah, with yeah. S- Sam running after Gollum as well, and then uh, oh, that's and right. then yeah, remembering yeah. that oh yeah, the spider was uh, uh, going after Mister Frodo, and that leads us to today, and I have finished another Tolkien book, t- technically. Yeah, kind a, of, not a, really. A, another published volume. Yes, another published <laughs> volume. So I have another one. So I am down to four. Yep. I'm down to four now. Don't you feel a sense of accomplishment? Yeah, I really do. I like finishing a book. <laughs> Give yourself good. a scratch on the back. A scratch on the back. Well, I was scratching my ankle right when you said that, so there you go. <laughs> well, yeah. the ankle is the back of the, of the... side of your leg. Because <laughs> people don't know right now, it is Arkansas and it is humid. It is. Mosquitoes are out. I got a few bites on my ankles. Already. And it's only May. Well, I'm a little envious of you, not of the humidity, just of the <laughs> warmth, because New York has been pretty soggy this May so far. Well, not today. Today I'd do actually, my hoodie and leather jacket combination. Today. Yeah, actually yeah. today it's rather cool. Uh, but regardless, this brings us to today's reading. The choices of Master Samwise. All right. Well, Katie, you want to take us off? Sure. So, uh, of course, as we said last week, we left off with Sam uh, having pursued Gollum with the intent of killing him. And then... He had some aha. <laughs> Ex- <right>? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, and, yeah, it's, it's true. Yeah, Sam had several fits of rage last week. And uh, then he had just, at the end of last chapter, kind of remembered, oh, yeah, giant spider uh, galloping off after Mr. Frodo. Um so Sam, at the beginning of this chapter, now finds Frodo uh, lying in this passageway face up, and Shelob is standing over him. And Frodo is also bound by the cords. Um, of course, we all remember how those worked. They were like mm-hmm. a, a, a trampoline that you couldn't cut through except for Sting. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I'm I'm now imagining wow. spider webs as a trampoline, and that's making them even more terrifying. Yeah, that was a bad, yeah, that was a bad, bad, bad place to go. I'm sorry, um, but anyway, she has Frodo wrapped up, and she's starting to drag him away. And so, our dear Sam once again is filled with rage, uh, and also with courage, we might say, and he kind of doesn't even stop to think. He just grabs Sting. And charges off after Shelob. And, yeah, doesn't stop to think at all. He just does. He just acts. He just starts swinging that sword at a foot. And doesn't... Doesn't do much, let's just say. Yeah. But I I love this, though, because... so, So Sam, you know, is, like, charging at her with this sword. And I like Shelob's response to this. Because, so Shelob looks up... And the wording in the 
chapter was she she does she didn't realize the fear that a fury was upon her greater than any she had known in countless years so that's just such a great uh uh account of this tiny little hobbit who is once again i've said this a couple times but like basically hulking out <laughs> like <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like sam he's he he has he's a spitfire uh when he needs to be well i imagine everyone who's come through here their fight or flight has kind of like defaulted to flight mm-hmm. and almost the same thing happened with them but sam has really cares about mr frodo yeah and is really reacting towards that right and so yeah sam stabs at her foot and slices off a claw mm-hmm. and uh then stabs her again in one of her eyes, one of her many, many eyes. Which is noted that, as he kind of finds out, that that's kind of the only real weak spot that she has. Mm-hmm. Because, like, he pops, he pop. I, I, I went to pops an eye. I don't, I don't know <laughs> if it was necessarily like that. And it starts oozing Pus garbage or something. out of it. Yeah. <laughs> and... But he can't. He can't really hit anywhere else. Nothing is quite connecting, and mm-hmm. nothing is like it's just basically. I just imagine him like taking a baseball bat to her underside, and it's not right. It's just bouncing off. Well, he's like yeah. He slashes her eye, stabs her eye. That works, and then tries to slash along her body. But it says, um, I mean, it actually compares it to a dragon. Um, yeah, which was a nice location of the weak spot. It says she loved was yeah. not as dragons are no softer spot had she save only her eyes. Knobbed and pitted with corruption was her age-old hide, but ever thickened from within with layer on layer of evil growth. So it didn't work. Um, I like this point. It said, this hideous folds could not be pierced by any strength of men, not though elf or dwarf should forge the steel or the hand of Baron or of Turin wield it. Mm-hmm. So. But, and yeah, I, I, I really liked that little uh, bit about how, you know, her hide is is not sort of like like a dragon's where you can find a soft spot right it was a little uh ding reminder back to there was a dragon that we fought at one point that had a soft spot very soft spot. yeah (laughs) i don't know it's just just kind of fun um and yeah so he he kind of like you know scratches her a little bit and there's some kind of like pus poisony pus bubbling out uh from from that wound but yeah it's not really that bad of a wound and then Shelob decides, okay, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna crush this pesky fly, basically. And she goes to just like slam her belly down on him, uh, which doesn't really work out too well for her. Because Sam falls back with, does he like fall back with Sting up above him, or pointed upwards towards the belly? And what what happens is there, like. Sam might not be able to, with all of his strength, get through mm-hmm. her uh, armored shell. But with but her strength. With right. her strength, acting against that, the exact opposite happens. So she falls on the sword um, and does... What, what's that? Uh, no, that's that's a dark place to go, Katie. Never mind. Where I'm, were you I'm not, going? No, no oh. I was just going to... No, what's the word for that uh, ritualistic Japanese suicide... Um, I no, I don't see. Know. That's that was a, that's, yeah, that's just a dark, weird place to go. Never mind. The Forget point I being, said she that. did it to herself. Uh, Hara, Hara, no, nah, that don't. Yeah, just just move on. I mean, it's not. We'll look no. it up. We'll look it up later. But Hari Harikari, 
something. I don't know. But uh, why did I think of that? Well, because she impaled herself. That's why. Anyway. Um, Seppuku? That's what it is. Seppuku. Why did I think Harikari? I don't know. Yeah, if you want to watch a great movie that utilizes Seppuku, watch Ron. And then listen mm-hmm. to the episode I did and As We Like It about Ron. Mm-hmm. I was talking about Ron just the other day with some people. We were talking about Shakespeare. So anyway. Uh, but yeah, no, that was... Yeah, I don't know why I'm you still, went I'm that still one. amazed why I decided to turn into such a Hey, for dark... some reason, I thought you were going to reference Hellraiser. I don't know why, just did. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so Shelob, uh kind of slinks away. Um, yeah, the, she doesn't react well to that, which I was actually surprised by. I was like, this fight's going to keep... Oh, wait, this is over. Yeah, no. She just... It, back or... Well, I mean, it says that she was in pain, but she was mad and she was ready to strike. And yeah. then the narrator says that, you know, she was going to go full blast with her venom, not of the kind where that she used not on the, Frodo and on victims, which renders them kind of frozen, but not dead. She was going to straight out just kill Sam. Yeah. And then Sam remembers one more thing. Oh, this this light, this this right. file of Galadriel, blah, 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 crack, shake, in your face. Yeah, um, yeah, he remembers that. Oh, but actually, though, there was something. There was another thing. So I, uh, oh, just just the um the whole in, in, in impaling of Shelob with the with with Sting. Um, I think we've just seen a couple of nice in these past couple chapters, again, reminders of this, like, you know, ancient elven made blade that has really done a service to our hobbit friends yeah. uh, in their current predicament. And yeah, so once again, like Sam, like it's or, or when when he picks up Sting, he like or when 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 he goes to slash after her like he drops throws aside his sword and completely disregards it and, and uses sting yeah that was a yeah that was a great was a nice touch yeah because he know he knew he knows that mm-hmm. this is better right um but anyway yeah uh he sam remembers this this file once again to to give him a little bit more courage and strength and uh and like before it's not exactly shining brightly mm-hmm. but the more hope fills him the more, the brighter it gets right um and i also really liked this you know similarly to Fro- what has happened with frodo using this file again it um kind of like invokes this odd state within them um and Sam, you know, using this file instantly kind of remembers the elves and remembers this this hymn that we had heard long way back in Fellowship, um, Gilthoniola Elbereth, with it, which if you remember is that elvish hymn to Varda, who do we remember who Varda is? I'm looking at pop, you, Chase. Pop, yeah, I'm thinking. Pop quiz. <laughs> Was that the one who made the trees? No. 
No, damn. Yvonne made the trees. But yeah, oh, that's right. But she did make. So if think thinking about what this, what is this file? What what is the light contained within this file? Oh, light from the stars. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So. So she. That. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Varda. <laughs> Varda was um, the also known as the queen of the stars. She's like the queen of the yes, Valar, right? Yes. And she she made the stars. Um. um also, I wanted to say so the file versus spider which we talked about last week is this great kind of recapitulation of events of the Silmarillion right but also sting versus the spider is in the same way a great recapitulation of events and the hobbit right exactly because how did sting get its name Bilbo used it on the spiders oh yeah, yeah stinger yeah, yeah, yeah yeah um yeah so nice nice little kind of yeah, very nice touch. N- nod, I, nudge. Again, uh, you know, an artifact. Yeah. That's been previously used coming back in some way. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, so Sam, rem- you know, remembers this hymn and even kind of speaks it. Um, and the the translation of that verse that we're given, um, is uh. O Elbereth, star kindler, from heaven gazing afar, to thee I cry now beneath the shadow of death, O look towards me ever white. So again, it's this kind of like invoking, you know, give me strength. Um, And of course it works. It gives him quite a bit of courage and and strength. And he taunts the spider uh, and then charges at her again with this you know light now so now he's got this star once again and the and the stingy blade and she love decides she's had enough yeah for the for for, she truly backs down after countless years of being the biggest (laughs) thing here the big bad well okay we're we're not doing it enough justice so i'm gonna read a little bit more says, as if his indomitable spirit had set its potency in motion, the glass blazed suddenly like a white torch in his hand. It flamed like a star that, leaping from the firmament, sears the dark air with intolerable light. No such terror out of heaven had ever burned in Shelop's face before. The beams of it entered into her wounded head and scored it with unbearable pain, and the dreadful infection of light spread from eye to eye. She fell back, beating the air with her forelegs, her sight blasted by inner lightnings, her mind in agony. Then turning her maimed head away, she rolled aside and began to crawl, claw by claw, towards the opening in the dark cliff behind. Infection of light. Yeah, I really like that. That's my favorite little phrase in that passage. That's a really great bit. I think it's great, yeah. That was something I had like noted, too, about like how we're getting these brief moments where we had had this, like heavily emphasized the magic of the ring and Sauron, but mm-hmm. it's like, no, 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 no. There's still some hardcore magic on the other side, too. It's mm-hmm. not completely bled out. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's in, it's intriguing how we kind of get Shelob's point of view there. Yeah. Because our other characters whose point of view we normally uh, see through, would we, we wouldn't have the phrase infection of light. So it's just kind of an interesting shift there. Um, and yeah, so Shelob slinks away and we're, we're told, you know, that in this story, we don't really know if Shelob lives or dies. Uh, that's. Well, that was actually my next point. And I like a little yeah. more 
just the way it's worded. It says Sheila was gone and whether she lay long in her lair, nursing her malice and misery and in slow years of darkness, healed herself from within, rebuilding her clustered eyes until with hunger like death, she spun once more her dreadful snares in the glint of the mountains of shadow. This tale does not tell. Yeah. Like, that's another story. <laughs> For real was another story. I'm not being sarcastic. I'm actually like asking, did, did, did he ever write another story with? I don't, I don't think so. Okay. I was just curious. Right. I mean, there might be something in the appendices about it. I don't know. There, yeah, there yeah. may be. I, I don't recall. But um, but yeah, but that's, again, that's of no concern to us right now. Um, the point is, is Sam needs to figure out what's wrong with Frodo. Right. Because he calls out to Mr. Frodo and Frodo doesn't answer. And... Sam kind of at first doesn't he doesn't really know what's going on doesn't know is Frodo asleep what what's happening and so it turns out of course Shelob in in that attack after she had you know run off and, and Frodo was completely unaware uh, that the spider was behind him and had been you know running for uh, the the entrance Shelob had stung him in the neck and so unbeknownst to Sam, Sam doesn't really know what's going on. We, the reader, knows that Frodo is paralyzed. Yes. But Sam is 100% certain that Frodo is dead because he's not calling out. And he um, he does manage to cut some of those cords off, which become very important later on. Yeah, yeah. To check and see if anything, like, if there's anything he can do. And he just kind of come very quickly comes to terms with the fact that this isn't a criticism. This mm-hmm. is this is me like noting that he's pretty much fairly certain that Frodo's dead, Frodo's dead. and mm-hmm. he's to blame for it. I he blames himself. He's the horrible person. He hates himself. He's so angry. At himself. He has a yeah has another fit of rage. <laughs> yes, like that 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 kind of got to me. There's mm-hmm. a bit of dialogue mm-hmm. where he's commenting that. Sad in that Frodo has left him, but mm-hmm. he's pretty certain that it was his fault. But also, yeah, you know, this Samwise, this is all your fault. And then he also, Sam, realizes Frodo looks just like he did when he saw that image in the mirror of Galadriel. And at the time when he saw that image, he thought it was just a very weary Frodo who was sleeping. But now he sees him and he says, now I know that was Frodo dead. Um, in, in, in the mirror. And that, that's Sam's interpretation at this point. And what's interesting right here is we get the choices of Samwise. Mm-hmm. Um, because, hey, chapter title. Yeah, because <laughs> he is in this place where at first my reaction is, we'll take the ring and keep going. Mm-hmm. But then he, Tolkien is giving some good character stuff with Sam because he's like straight up not thinking about the ring at all. Mm-hmm. Like, almost for a minute, he forgets that he, he does. is even involved with this adventure. And he's like, well, I'm just going to kind of sit here. Yeah, the, the only thing on his mind is, like, cut Frodo out of this awful web. And then he kind of panics and feels his chest, feels his head. Says it chafed his hands. Just, like, keeps looking for signs of life and can't find it. Yeah. And... And so Sam is kind of, you know, wondering what to do at this point. And then I, I kind of really like this, you know, he's Sam's not sure what's what what to do. And then he remembers his own words that he had said to Frodo. He said, I have something to do before the end. I must see it through, sir, if you understand. Um, and so which he still Sam at this point is still not quite entirely decided on what exactly that is. But what he 
does know that he wants to do right now is once again we've seen this before give Frodo like a proper quote-unquote burial um and you know he kind of arranges him with his arms crossed over his chest and puts um his sword next to to Frodo and kind of is speaking to Frodo saying you know I, I I need to take Sting uh, with me and I need to take this file with me I'm sure you would understand yeah. <laughs> basically uh, because they're of, of more use to me now um, and I'll need them and it's at this point really that Sam kind of realizes oh yeah what I need to do is continue to carry out Frodo's mission um, yeah he's, that, he's really torn about this at first because he's like yeah. but the, the council gave it to Frodo you know and then he's having his own kind of internal monologue yeah. Um, and then the other part of him says, yes, the council also gave Frodo companions, companions and I'm the last member of the fellowship on this quest. To the best of his knowledge, he even like thinks about how, like how once again, wish that Gandalf was here, but noting that mm-hmm. Gandalf's not here. And well, but when- even, even aside from Gandalf, like he is the only member of the fellowship still on the quest. Yeah, 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 because yeah, again, yeah. as far as Sam and Frodo know, the entire rest of their fellowship has died. They that still, correct, you know, yeah. they don't know what well, what has happened. Well, but I'm saying even if they aren't dead, you know, because yeah. he truly doesn't know, they're not on the quest. Yeah, they're, they're not, members of the fellowship, but they're not on the quest. Right. So, I mean, we know now that what we know of in the two towers where Gandalf and Pippin are, they're on their way to Minas Tirith while mm-hmm. they're Gorn, and the others are going back to, um. Rohan. Huh. Well, specifically Helm's Deep, aren't they? They were no. heading back to what's the capital wrong? Edoras. Edoras. Yeah, they're heading back mm-hmm. to Edoras. Mm-hmm. So I had a brief moment to remember the geography, even though <laughs> that is like way in the past already, because it's been like days <laughs> since any of that. So yeah. But yeah, and Sam comes to the conclusion that well, he legitimately then does inherit this this quest of Frodo's and a. Of course, above all else, that mission needs to succeed because, again, if it doesn't, that's the end of everything. Yes. And then Sam has, very similarly to what Frodo did way back in, what is it, chapter two of The Fellowship, I believe? Yeah. Uh, Shadow of the Past, when Frodo has that why me moment, when then we get that great, my like one of my favorite Gandalf wisdom moments of all time with the, you know, deciding what to do with the time that is given to us. Uh, And Sam has a why me moment, like Frodo. Uh, And... Then he remembers very sagely that Bilbo did not choose to find the ring. Frodo did not choose to inherit the ring and then so inherit this quest. It was put upon them. And even, you know, Frodo uh, then, of course, did, you know, volunteer. Okay, well, I'll take the ring. But it, di- but it did truly kind of, it was a circumstantial acceptance of this responsibility for him. Um and so Sam realizes this and knows, again, very importantly, that if he were to just abandon this, um, if he abandons the ring, the enemy will find it and then everything will be ruined. Yes. So he has made up his mind. He has to take the ring. He's still like begrudging about it. Like mm-hmm. he still doesn't want to leave Frodo but he ends up taking the ring off and and all the time talking to Frodo as he's doing yeah. this too yeah 
So and some interesting stuff happened with because this is the first time in the book that we've had someone else handle the ring. Mm-hmm. I mean, excluding Blobo and the earlier bits of the Fellowship of the Ring, but someone else now has to like hold on to this thing. And well, be- I mean, Tom played with the ring. That's right. Tom mm-hmm. played with the ring. But also, when ring, but also when when Frodo woke back up in Rivendell after he passed out at the Ford. Uh, it says the ring was placed on a new chain, so clearly somebody actually handled it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Sorry, true. I'm being pedantic, but this is yeah, our, you, that's you, that's why we have a discussion group because I'm good at being pedantic. You know what I mean? Yes. But, uh, instead of but, handling the mean, you ring. You mean bore the ring? You mean bore being a ring, ring bearer, yes, which yes. that is an incredibly important thing to notice because i still hold that the magic of the ring has the ability to sense intentionality in many ways but because when he picks up the ring i almost imagine it's like superman holding up like a stack of bricks and (laughs) handing them off to someone else and then all of a sudden just like slamming down the ground is because sam kind of like has this like moment of like oh oh like (laughs) he feels the weight of this thing suddenly well instantly yeah when he puts the the chain around his neck he feels the weight of it and um and yeah no that I, I think there is value to that because again it's important that we use the term ring bearer mm-hmm. um because again you know frodo is the ring bearer but now frodo being again quote unquote dead sam has inherited that and is now a well, ring bearer and it even notes that that sam or not, not really sam but th- th- that that something about the ring is growing stronger mm-hmm. the closer they get to Mordor, which just comes back to the yes. thing I've kind of like always handled on to is the nature of Sauron's power upon this thing. Mm-hmm. And it makes a lot of sense that I get that this thing really does feel the intention of whoever is using it. Gollum was benign. Like he was just kind of like hanging on to it and basically it was just poisoning his it was brain. A, it was a safe... A, he was a quote-unquote safekeeper. Exactly. And then at this point now, today. I feel like this thing is really going to start fighting back. That's mm-hmm. my own interpretation of it based upon what's been given here. Just because the intention is going to be a little bit more solid than, oh, hey, we're kind of going to Mordor toward... <laughs> hey, ho, we're going to this mountain. We're going to throw this thing in there. <laughs> so, um, Sam kind of musters up his all of his feelings really and and starts walking to the cleft and thinks you know like he has to pass through and he gets to a point where he turns around and it's kind of the last moment where he's going to see the tunnel and more importantly what he thinks is mr frodo he's not even sure anymore but he thinks it's where mr frodo is Mm -hmm. and he's just about to walk a step farther thinking i'll never be back to this place again and what should happen but he hears the voices of some orcs uh, approaching. Yeah. And Sam's first thought very immediately is, wow, it's already come to an end. Okay. Kind of like that was fast. Um, <laughs> I did my best, but that was already fast. failed. This is how the ring gets caught. And clearly the eye has, has, has found me. <laughs> um, but then Sam does something that he can't quite explain. Mm-hmm. And again, it's a sort of without thinking situation. Sam, without thinking, just puts the ring on. Um, and instantly he feels the world change, basically. Yeah. Um, and we get this 
description of how his pers- how his perspective has changed and how his senses have changed like his hearing is you know instantly amplified but like cer- certain things are different like vision is a little more blurry but but hearing he can hear things far far away isn't also noted that he cannot understand the orcs as well yes perfectly yeah um, i found that bit really interesting and yeah it it goes a little bit into why he can understand the uh, the elves uh the orcs elves, orcs mm-hmm. i heard you say orcs and then in my brain i combined it with elves and I was about to say elks, and I knew elk <laughs> wasn't the word. And so I went L, and then I finished as viz. So, um, <laughs> I mean, if this if this ring gives you the power to understand elks, maybe, we don't know. Um, we would have to ask the massive elk that, for some reason, is a, like, steed for, oh, I forget his name. Thrandwheel. Yes, Thrandwheel and uh, Hobbit movies, but those are non-canon. So, anyway. It says, you know, does the ring actually grant you the ability to, like, understand things? Or is it just that this is, it gets more powerful as we're getting closer? And that, you know, Sauron has a lot of enemies and it gives him the ability to kind of, like, not enemies. Uh, like people minions. Work, minions, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it gives him the ability to understand his minions. So mm-hmm. it's not sure, like, if you were the ring, if you would understand elves speaking and, you know... Noldoran or whatever or if it's just that when people are speaking uh, in the service of Sauron everything you know, black speech orcish whatever like if that's just what it does yeah um, yeah and then uh, additionally another effect of having put that put on the ring Sam feels intensely that he's being watched and he feels that the eye can see him and it probably can. I mean, that that was what I was kind of weirded out about this part is like, I thought this was like the biggest of big no-nos. Mm-hmm. And so I was pretty concerned throughout all of this. It's a pretty big no-no. Again, yeah. like how many times has our dear ring bearer been told, do not put it on? Yes. Um. So, and and, and each time that, that he does by whatever circumstance, of course, you know, bad things tend to happen. Um. But yeah, so Sam hears these orc voices and he hears two orcs speaking. He hears Shagrat and Gorbag. Um, <laughs> Some lovely names there. Yeah, indeed. And uh, they are uh, kind of, you know, uh, what's what's the word? Um, words, brain, Katie. Uh, bickering? bickering. Bickering. Thank you. <laughs> They're kind of bickering amongst each other. Um, But the orcs, someone shouts out and they have found something. And they every there's this big clamor and they everyone starts yelling. And Sam instantly realizes, oh, they've found Frodo. And they think for a while that he's a spy just kind of lying in the middle of the road. (laughs) Well, so Sam immediately... Sam immediately abandons his quest and goes back and feels like yeah. he has to defend Mr. Frodo. It <laughs> exactly. even says in his fantasies, he imagined like it was 40 orcs and he wondered if he would go down in song as the, as the hobbit who created a wall of bodies around his master. <laughs> and then he also says, you know, he, he also sort of apologizes to, to the entire world. He says, I'm sorry for abandoning the quest, but maybe they'll forgive me. Yeah. <laughs> or something. 
which again, like Sam, I don't know, Sam has all these extremes in this chapter of, you know, blaming himself and then taking on this quest and then abandoning the quest. And then I'm sorry, everyone for ruining the world. And it's just, uh, it's just a lot for Sam in this chapter. Uh, but, but he, 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 yeah, he has this moment, you know, he abandons the quest and uh, says, you know, everyone, all of the great, you know, elves and, and, and everyone who saddled us with this quest will have to forgive me. He says, I can't be their ring bearer, not without Mr. Frodo. And goes running back after the orcs. And uh, sure enough, the orcs pick up Frodo's body and start to carry him away. Because they also have been given orders. Mm-hmm. Which I found this really interesting. Is they've been given orders. One, Sauron is... I think starting to come into the realization that maybe not fully, because we've said before about how he's kind of not too certain as to whether or not that ring will come back. But I still think he's pretty scared about it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that he has doubled up the watch, or at least once the watch doubled up in this area, just in case. Mm-hmm. And that everybody who is found here is to be brought straight to him at least lugbuers yeah Lug- which yeah. which is of course again the black the black speech for barador so um yeah and of well, course that confused the crap out of me <laughs> <laughs> i thought that was a person for a little while <laughs> no lugbuers <laughs> is just barador oh, um but i know but we've but we've heard this before though way back with our friends in book one of the two towers with mary and pippin oh, right, yeah. when the 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 kind of party of uruk and the um, Mordor orcs had were bickering amongst each other and saying no, uh, you know we have orders to bring ha- the halfling back to Lugbors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so same same thing here. Uh, f- says you know Frodo is something that Barad-dur wants and he is to be taken there. Um, and then they there's this in- interesting uh, 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 thing that Gorbag considers when he sees frodo he's like i what what is it he says this looks elvish but but small yeah and you know sam all the all the way is trying to follow them up this passage and listen and and trying to listen to their to their conversation trying not to get separated and uh he's he's still listening all the way uh but he comes to a point where you know they get through this passage that he and frodo had tried earlier and sam gets separated from them and uh they're arguing gorbag and shagrat are kind of arguing um and but talking about uh like I, I, I kind of really liked this conversation. They're both sort of complaining about their big bosses yes. from their respective areas. Like because Shagrat is from this, you know, this this pass here. Basically, he he and his his guys guard this pass, and Gorbag is from Minas Morgul. So Gorbag is saying that you know the Nazgul are 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 horrible. We 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 don't like them, but and they're favored by by. Uh, the Dark Lord. Um, and Shagrat says, well, you know, we have Shelob to contend with here. Yeah. And both of them, both of these orcs who are like, you know, line workers, I guess, whatever, they they both want independence from their bosses. <laughs> no matter where you go, everyone's got a problem with upper management. Exactly. Like... Even if you're an orc. <laughs> well, and what was really interesting to me about this conversation is a lot of it reveals elements that are actually not very specific to the plot they're just 
kind of this is what it's like to be an orc working in the service of Sauron. Um, so the two orcs, I'm not even going to try to get their names, you know, right, because I'm going to get it wrong. Uh, one works in Minas Tirith and talks about how, like, Minas oh, sorry, Minas Ethel, yeah. <laughs> uh, Minas Morgul. <laughs> Third time's a charm. Minas Ethel is technically correct, but that's a bit <laughs> like saying I work in Constantinople. Anyway, he was talking about how like he doesn't really like working for the Nazgul because they're just kind of creepy to look at. So, I mean, they get creeped out even by the orcs or they're creepy even to the orcs. That's what I mean. Um, and then interestingly, one says to the other like, oh, why did you come here? Because the one is the tower guard and the other is from Menace Morgul. Why did you come here? And he was like, oh, we got this message. There might be spies on the on the stairs. So we need to check it out. Um, so clearly, like, Sam and Frodo have not... I mean, they've not been discovered, but their presence is known. Um, but what was interesting is it talked about how this message was delivered yeah. just kind of, like, telepathically. Like, it just appeared. So anyway, like, as they're having this conversation. Sam is following them and they're going through the tunnel they're, because that's actually the mm-hmm. quickest way to get to the watchtower. <laughs> um, they don't care about Shelob because like clearly Shelob has been injured. You know, they like see her blood and stuff. Um, and interestingly, where they're having this conversation is you remember that why in the tunnel where yep. Frodo and Sam got stuck? Turns yep. out that was just a door. And a rather low door. So at the end of the conversation, Sam is able to jump over it. At the moment, though, he's still stuck behind the door, listening in on them. And they're, the, the orcs are bickering over whether or not Shelob was injured. And, and the one, I believe, who's the one who lives works at the tower, so is nearby, says, oh, no, no, no. That's her thing. Like, if she wraps you up in a web, it's because she only gave you a little bit of poison because she just wants to stun you because she right. likes to eat you alive. And Sam hears Ugh. this, and he's just like, "Yeah, I'm so dumb." Now, yeah, horrified. Uh, right before that, though, I want to mention though uh, it's uh, Gorbag, who is the one I believe that works at Minas Morgul, has been saying to Shagrat, he's been making quite a few actually fairly astute observations and um, so making some pretty intelligent remarks about the fact that, but it's remarkable that anyone could hurt Shelob. Uh, you know, no one has done that. And also it's remarkable that anyone could cut through her cobwebs. And Gorbag imagines that whoever or whatever did that must be very powerful. And that Frodo wasn't the one to have done that since that same person would have cut those cords binding Frodo. Must have been some big bulky elf dude. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Says, you know, there, there, there's, there's, a, there's an elf warrior loose here somewhere. And Sam is hearing this and he kind of appreciates this rather grimly uh, at, at the moment. But um, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of a, a, a nice little touch there. But uh, Gorbag is also... Uh, kind of, you know, just po- constantly poking at Shagrat, basically saying, you know, there have been mistakes made, and even the the even the our 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 big bosses, even the people in charge, can make mistakes, and this is that mistake. There must be an elf warrior loose here, um, and they're kind of bickering once again, and Shagrat reiterates that their orders are to retrieve Frodo safe and alive. And carefully examine and catalog everything that he has, the, the, and send 
every bit of that information to Barador. That's a very interesting specific detail because, of course, mm-hmm. he's trying. Sauron's trying to make sure if anyone has this ring on it, because this is the one thing mm-hmm. that can take us down. Right, and that uh, well, you are to keep that prisoner safe and contained, and the enemy. The enemy, I say, the Dark Lord himself. He will come. Um, and it's at this moment where Gorbat so, is wondering, well, is this prisoner even alive? And then Shagrat tells him, oh, yeah, of course, because Shelob stuns her prey to eat it. So to touch back on what I said about telepathy, I'm reviewing the text and maybe it's not. It just says um, Shagrat is wondering when Gorbag was dis- dispatched. And Gorbag says the messages go through quicker than anything could fly as a rule. But I don't inquire how it's done. Safest not to. Those Nazgul give me the creeps. Uh, and then, uh, you know, when did you, when were you sent here? He said about an hour ago, just before you saw us, a message came, Nazgul uneasy spies veered on stairs, double vigilance patrol to head of stairs. So that was the message itself. Um, but it's interesting though, that, that you, that you talk of some kind of strange, like telepathy, because, uh, something that we didn't talk about were the, the silent watchers from uh minas morgul which are so the silent watchers are these kind of like statue like things and they have like three heads i think if i'm remembering correctly and like clawed kind of things and they uh were never really told exactly what they are but they appear to be these kind of statue things that now have some kind of weird like odd demon spirit thing put in them perhaps by Sauron himself I don't know but they they kind of keep watching Minas Morgul it's like gargoyles or something like that yeah, yeah. kind of and Gorbag is saying that they're the silent watchers have been uneasy for a few days <laughs> it's the stone statue yeah. shaking See here, yeah, our, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also they said very you know things have been really funny lights and shouting and all but Sheila was on the go my lad saw her and her sneak mm-hmm her sneak what's that you must have seen him little thin black fellow like a spider himself or perhaps more like a starved frog mm-hmm. yeah i wonder who that was i wonder who <laughs> uh and then just saying like he's been here before he's gone to lugbors and he was released clearly he has some kind of agreement with her ladyship he doesn't look like good te- good food anyway mm-hmm. but you know she wouldn't wreck she she wouldn't understand or bow to the word of Sauron so clearly they have something going on themselves yeah. right but anyway the main result of having heard this conversation of course is Sam is completely taken aback Frodo is not dead um, he's just stunned and Sam is like a- a- amazed to hear this but at the same time once again instantly scolds himself you know yeah. Samwise you fool well, and also he now has a more immediate goal right. to be concerned with. Yeah. And, uh, but, but also, so Sam kind of doesn't really know what to do now. Um, he says, you know, uh, he says, you fool, he isn't dead and your heart knew it. Don't trust your head, <laughs> Sam Wise. It is not the best part of you, which I think we would agree. So yeah. The best part of Sam is his, is his, his heart, really. But anyway, uh, the trouble with you is that you never really had any hope. Now what is to be done? I mean... 
I, I will agree that the best part of Samus is hard, but I'm not going to agree that Sam's brain is not no, I, I, a good part. No, of I, I, his I, brain, his brain's not broken. I'm with <laughs> you. I completely disagree with with Sam here. He's you know he's being he, a little hard on. Himself. He's shown multiple times to have a good head on his shoulders, uh, but but he does. But he is. He, he, he does act on his heart a lot. And as we've seen, you know, in, in, just in this chapter alone, okay, going to do the thing. Nope, going to abandon the quest. Got to go follow Mr. Frodo. But, <laughs> but anyway, um, the, Sam, at, you know, now I, once again is like, w- w- what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And now it's clear. So the orcs are going to take Frodo to Baradur and Sam finally gets over that passage door and is running after them um he's decided he's going to follow mr frodo um because frodo frodo lives and uh what happens but the orcs slam the doors behind them and sam is once again separated and um he has the ring he's separated from frodo and the I think that the last line of this chapter, Frodo was alive, but taken by the enemy. And this is like such a great and frustrating cliffhanger yeah. of an end of a book. Um, well, it's not the last line of this chapter. Oh, it it's the last line of this book. Yeah. Well, okay, it's that's it's I mean. the yeah. end of the end of this. Of this. Yeah. So. Um, and the thing is, Lord of the Rings, the way it was published the Fellowship of the Ring and the Two Towers came out within like six months of each yeah. other. But then people had to wait like another year for Return of the King. Right. So we're left with this moment. Like, what is Sam going to do? We we don't know. When, and even we're given the impression Sam doesn't know. No. Yeah. It is a, we know what we need to do. We have yeah. no idea what to do. Because, How do we do it? It's a sticky situation. Because again, Sam has shown throughout this entire, entire chapter, he's incredibly loyal to Mr. Frodo, but he does also know the importance of this quest of destroying the ring. So these are two incredibly important things pulling at him and he doesn't know what he's going to do. We don't know what's going to happen. What will Sam do having this great, responsibility thrust upon him now while at the same time like knowing his master is alive and is separated from him and is now in mortal peril well then stay tuned for (laughs) two weeks when we touch on (laughs) return of the king (laughs) starring your favorite characters Uh, well all right anything more to talk about in the chapter yeah i mean in in general, I mean, it's, you know, this is not any great revelation or anything, but I just, I, I really in, enjoy this chapter and was, and have, have liked discussing it because again, this chapter is all about Sam and yes. we've, we've had, well, this book has been all about yeah, Sam. I, a lot more than it's been about Frodo. It, it has. And I think we can definitely argue that, but I think especially in this chapter, it's all about Sam's internal struggles and, um, it's it's a definite shift i think even within this book this chapter is a definite shift to focusing entirely on sam i mean again because we have you know frodo's out cold the whole time but <laughs> but sam takes on responsibility in this chapter uh reluctantly or not he does um sam come goes from being a servant to a hero and it's just I don't know. It's almost like a bit like, and also being mistaken for like a big bulky like elf hero too. Yeah. So yeah, even the orcs who you know haven't encountered him at, yeah. at all, but c- considering you know what they've seen, the wreckage that he's left, 
Uh, they consider him to be some great, yeah, you know, warrior hero. And I just realized that from what I've gleaned, from what little I've looked at of the next book, uh, then we're not going to get the wrap up of whatever's going on here for mm-hmm. like eleven weeks for a because while because mm-hmm. we're going to be having another shift back to different <laughs> characters. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, no this this that moment and. Uh, that you know sam being mistaken for an elf warrior but also sam um taking on this responsibility once again is this great example of anyone can do great things yeah everyone has the potential to do great things. i, I love it when a book or a storyline always wraps back to its theme yes like because a good story always does it like always mm-hmm. like you could literally i was i was uh revisiting um uh it's a weird example but i was revisiting um zootopia oh yeah and i was just realizing why i love that movie is similar to like why i love lord of the rings because it's just going right back to its theme mm-hmm. just, it's never not going back to the thing that's like this the story's about yeah like hey hey reader this is important yeah <laughs> a lesser story tends to meander and miss its point mm-hmm the meander is a river in Turkey. That's a good name for a river because rivers tend to meander. I know. When I lived in Turkey, we lived in the Meander Valley, and I thought Meander Valley just sounded like the most fantastic name for a place ever. <laughs> I was looking at um, an island in Turkey. Anyway, never mind. <laughs> so cle- clearly, I think we've wrapped up our discussion of the chapter. Um, so shall we go through our favorites? From the yeah. chapter as well as from the book, too? Oh, I forgot. I forgot um, about that. I forgot about favorite from the book. Shoot. I I don't know that I have a favorite from the book prepared except for the moment last week where, or two weeks ago, well, I don't remember. The moment where they're like, they're going to tell stories about you, Mr. Frodo. Like, mm. that's the standout one for mm-hmm. me. Well, that'd be mine too, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was you- almost, it was almost the March of the Ents. Uh-huh. Because I still love that part so much, but it, that was... Yeah, I think for me, my favorite from the book, from the entire Two Towers book, is when is 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 meeting Gandalf the White. Okay, that, that was a really good like, moment. That's a that's a moment like being. That's a moment for when you like if if you were completely new to the story, which very few people are ever completely new to Lord of the Rings. I feel like, but the first time that you read that, like it's and it's 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 been so long since Gandalf fell in Moria and then that just the moment with Aragorn Legolas and Gimli meeting Gandalf the White it's like one of the biggest sighs of relief I think everything's gonna be good <laughs> yeah it's like it's okay it's okay Mithrandir is back <laughs> um with regard to the chapter I think for me it was just that one little little brief bit that I insisted on reading where it was like whether this talks about you know, if Shelob descended back and healed herself from within and talked about how like contemptible she was, I just really liked the language in that. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite from this chapter it was something that we skipped over, but I, I liked it. Um, I, we had talked about the uh, infection of light, you know, from uh, Shelob. Well, this was another kind of little bit of light goodness that that i enjoyed and it was when so sam is kind of lifting up this file and looking at 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 frodo as he's kind of resolved that he's going to leave frodo and 
and complete this quest that he's been given. Um, and it's just a description of the way that the light kind of shines. And it says, And for a moment he lifted up the file and looked down at his master, and the light burned gently now with the soft radiance of the evening star in summer, and in that light Frodo's face was fair of hue again, pale but beautiful with an elvish beauty, as of one who has long passed the shadows. Uh, and I, I really liked that passage. That's a really great bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. I completely forgot about that one. Mm-hmm. And the, oh, it's, there's one more line to that. Uh, and with the bitter comfort of that last sight, Sam turned and hid the light and stumbled on into the growing dark. Boom. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> Great passage. I mean, mine was like how her vomit darkness, <laughs> which is stuck with me all week, by the way. Uh, her vomit darkness <laughs> from last week's chapter, the light infection. Yeah infection of light stuck with me in this one because yeah. of the power of this thing it went from just being oh it's some light oh this is some deadly light it was <laughs> kind of amazing to me infection of light that's another great so like we said last week that her vomit darkness should be a metal album infection of light could totally be something well let's just say i was i was i've got this short story in my head and i've been looking for a title <laughs> and you I have may found have found it, it may have found it <laughs> weirdly it was weirdly appropriate too so if nothing else chase sticks out at you from these readings that we've been doing i'm glad that her vomit darkness, vomit darkness does. is gonna stick in there yeah <laughs> well i have two very very strange favorites from the past week um one topical one not and actually not very strange so the first one is i finally got around to seeing the huntsman the winner's yes War. i still haven't <laughs> seen it which i haven't even seen snow white and the huntsman. I, you don't i literally to. i literally just wanted to see emily blunt like scream <laughs> and there were, I mean, the movie was very weird. I liked it. It was very weird. Some moments didn't work. Um, I wanted more just Emily Blunt and Charlize Theron, like, seething at each other. <laughs> um, I don't understand why Emily Blunt, a British actress, was doing an American accent while Jessica Chastain, an American actress, was doing an Irish accent. That was very strange. That, that was well, weird. When I was watching the movie, I noticed that too. That was that was very odd. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, so I don't know. But maybe they were supposed to be three distinct. Were they supposed to be three distinct kingdoms? Well, yes. Well, the thing is, is in the in the movie, uh, <laughs> Charlize Theron's whatever I don't remember her name mm-hmm. uh, has a sister, and that yeah. and and there's something about women in this family have this like weird elemental connection with things. Like the theory I've always had is that Charlize Theron's character's got this weird connection with industry and metal and oil. Okay, it's kind of a pr- prominent thing. And her sister, and then Snow White in the first movie has that towards Earth and yeah. like animals and plants. Uh, her sister has it towards. Um, Ice. Ice, yeah. However, that's it. Okay. So there's no actual reason as to why. I was I mean, attempting Charlie to Throne give has, legitimacy to Char- this strange accent I guess thing, it might but be, maybe not. I don't maybe know. Maybe it's because Charlie Stone has an American accent in the movie, and they're like trying to make that connection, but I feel like, you know... It's some it's some dumb garbage <laughs> that I love. So oh yeah, it's oh like, it's dumb, but I don't. It's super dumb, but I enjoyed the hell out of it. It's way better uh, than, the, than Snow White and mm-hmm. the Huntsman. It's it way. It's much more enjoyable. Also, the liquid effects in that movie were beautiful. Yeah, like when the gold pours out of the mirror, like 
that was some damn nice CGI. Well, there's one part too where like um like Emily Blunt's character like throws some ice like at Charlie Stone's character, hits her in the hand. Like she's about to like throw something, but then like so you get this like white thing with spikes coming out of it around her hand, but then the black oil of her like it, like her inner like her inner powers starts to bleed through it. I'm like, did somebody who directs like music videos make this? Because it's got a nice sense of contrast. Um, yes. Well, so I I just it was a fun night out at the movies. Um, the corollary to that is I don't know why, but I've been listening to Shakira nonstop for like five days. <laughs> and it has made my life a lot better. Um, I'm I'm particularly addicted to the K mix. I don't know what that means, but it's the K mix of the Spanish version of Waka Waka Esto es Africa. Um, I listened to it for like a solid hour on repeat at work on Monday. Go listen to some Shakira, people. You will you will not regret your decision. Hey, I got <laughs> back into a big Lady Gaga thing over the past few weeks, so I mean, there you go. Um, my favorite from the week. Uh, well, I, so I, I just moved into a new Yay. house and yeah. And, uh, so that's, I guess that's my life favorite. It's been exhausting, but I, I almost have everything set up how I want it, except for not really. It's, I don't know. You, you know how moving goes. It's fun. Um, but, oh, 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 no. Okay. I know what my actual favorite is. No. Um, I, I. <laughs> There was a post that came up on my dashboard on Tumblr, I think, yesterday, and it just made me <laughs> laugh because you know how some things just hit a chord with you yes. and make you giggle, like, for no reason? Mm-hmm. Well, this happened. So, I don't know. There's a blog that I follow that's just silly and ridiculous, and there's they'd reblog something, and it said – there was, like, a text post that somebody wrote, and it said, um, Fergalicious is 10 years old today. <laughs> Which that, if let's think about the song Fergalicious, is ten years old. What? Uh, anyway. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> make them boys go loco and all that stuff. You be up in the gym working on your fitness. <laughs> um, I don't know. But anyway, uh, then somebody reblogged it or commented on it or something and said, um, "Who is Fergalicious?" <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> it just made me giggle (laughs) like like the the rest of us who remember that it's like one of those things where you collectively sigh like you are a young person why (laughs) it would have been even those like it was like a text chain and it said like fergalicious is like 10 years old yeah and the next one said who's this yeah yeah who who is who is fergalicious and it just it's just struck a chord with me and made me laugh so i don't know that was my weird (laughs) favorite thing that happened this week I'm trying to get more into Tumblr. I'm trying to make a professional Tumblr. Oh, whatever that means. I <laughs> professional Tumblr. No, I I know my Tumblr is full of hilarity and absurdity. <laughs> uh, my I mean my big favorite thing from this week is um my favorite show of all time pretty much <laughs> has come back for its second season and it's the catering show. Oh yeah. Which the first season hit us like <laughs> a big surprise out of nowhere last year. So just if you listen to this, go to YouTube and look up the catering show and watch all six episodes. You They're, will not be disappointed. Yes. Basically it's the story of an intolerant, a food and a food, 
intolerant and intolerable foodie. Yeah. And it's these two Australian comics who did this like web series where it's like a woman who loves to cook is trying to cook for her friend who's got a problem with her gut. And it's all it it just speaks to me on a spiritual level because these two women who are very well, biting and wonderfully mean and they're talking about food and there's such oh, yeah, I was I love going it. to say it's not the cooking that makes it it's how sorry yeah. they are and this season is 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 and I've watched it quite a few times already <laughs> uh, it's only available on this app in the United States on this app called uh, full screen which is like you get a free month but I've already I've already watched it three or four times now <laughs> and it's better because they're doing more character stuff with these two and they're really trying to build their relationship and I'm fascinated as to what season three is going to be like but it stayed the same it was just nine minute episodes but mm-hmm. there have been just some wonderful lines that I've been saying to people who've watched it with me already like uh, <laughs> enzymes are proteins proteins are a chicken <laughs> things like that uh, c- uh, cooking food makes them cooked uh, sassy swipe seriously oh, hashtag sassy swipe hashtag sassy swipe <laughs> seriously though yeah the catering show is like i don't even know how to begin to describe it it's it's glorious and wonderful and everyone should watch it <laughs> they do I'll, I'll go into there's one great joke in there where they're doing a, they're doing a wedding themed episode mm-hmm. and one and the they do like booze reviews which is one of the characters that's a booze review mm-hmm. and she has a entire wedding drink list which is like a, a flat beer uh, a, a cheap champagne, uh, a white wine and a dirty glass, and a red wine that will make you flirt with your cousin. And instead of, <laughs> and instead of, and instead of, um, instead of, she just takes the whole, she takes all of them and dumps them into a pitcher together. Oh, and she's like, "You're gonna mix them anyway and drink them." It's like that tastes like a chemical burn, and just walks away. And <laughs> that, so I watched that, and it was great. I also watched Deadpool. <laughs> that's my response to that so yeah deadpool was okay <laughs> watching that after having having seen the reactions to batman vs superman and i actually watching it and then also watching captain america civil war and not digging it this movie did nothing for me mm-hmm. so i was just kind of meh throughout the whole thing all right well i think that uh kind of wraps us up for today Katie, you want to take us out? Oh, yeah. So once again, before we leave, I would like to give a thank you to our Patreon supporters. We really do appreciate everyone for uh, helping us out when you can and uh, helping us support our website and editing equipment needs and all that jazz. Um, If you were unaware, we do have a Patreon uh, page where you can throw us a dollar or however much you would like. once a month and it really does help us out so thank you once again to our supporters Devin Mann, Ariel Alm, Brian Osborne, Anna Dunlany, Ying Fua, Kyle Thompson, Michael Smith, Mike Williams, Jacob Verma, Madison Roberts, Aaron Crawford, Benjamin John Macy, Avon McMaster, and Micah. All right and uh, you've forgotten our newest our newest uh, patron Oh, I didn't get the updated list. Sorry. Who else was there? Uh, ben Fuzz Goldstein. He also wrote a nice letter on our Facebook. So thank you very much. Um, I I don't know why this just came to mind, but 
in the awful, awful version, movie version of The Giver, there's like a ceremony where Meryl Streep like calls your name and then she's like, welcome or whatever. Mm. You know, you're an adult now and we could do that when we get a new person. It's like, welcome, you've joined. Sorry. Welcome. Uh, you're a patron Like this now. creepy, <laughs> creepy induction. To, no, I should really just shut my pie hole. Yeah, let's, let's, not, let's not take any ideas off of The Giver movie. <laughs> All right. Um, thank you, everyone. Uh, join us next week where we will be watching and reviewing the theatrical cut of the Two Towers movie. So I'm John. I'm Katie. And I'm Chase. And I have been looking forward to this because I've had to like stop myself from having to watch any of those movies. Yeah. <laughs> I know. We get to watch it next week. All right. Well, have a good have a good week, everyone. Thank you for listening to Talking Tolkien. You can find us online at TalkingTolkien.com, and you can send us an email to the professor at TalkingTolkien.com. We do our best to respond to each email, so please let us know about your thoughts, theories, and themes you'd like us to discuss in the show. We are also Talking Tolkien on Facebook and Twitter, and we love hearing from you. If you're not already a subscriber, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. We would particularly appreciate it if you would give us a rating on iTunes, as it really helps us to show up in searches and reach a new audience. We also have a Patreon page where you can donate as little as $1 per month to help our podcast grow. Through your generous support, we've been able to purchase many new pieces of equipment, helping us bring you a better sounding, more professional podcast. Nothing makes us more excited than a new pledge. And we greatly appreciate all the support we've received so far.